Hello, this is Carl Mailer from the Let's Talk Sports podcast. Are you one of the many people like me who love to voice their opinions? Then, well, the Anchor app is for you. Me, myself, I love using the Anchor app because I love voicing my opinion about everything sports. If you would like to get started on your own podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash start to make your own podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Let's Talk Sports Radio. I am your host, Carl Mailer. It's been a very, very long time. It's been over a month since my last episode. Uh, I, uh, for those of you who don't remember my last episode, I uh, did mention that I would be taking a break, so to speak, um, just with the coronavirus outbreak going on in the world. But I have seen all the news that has been happening uh, around the around sports. The uh, NFL draft just happened from Thursday, from this past Thursday to Saturday, breaking breaking the viewership record for the NFL draft for the first time in a for a long time. The the from the first night on Thursday, compared to last uh, year's draft that was held on Thursday, it broke viewership I think by like sixteen some percent. Uh, it, it, it was very different to see, you know, just how the cameras were in on every head coach, uh, the GM or the player personnel. And then you have Roger Goodell uh, down in his basement or man cave uh, announcing the picks, talking to the fans that are on a webcam, uh, you know, trying to cheer them up, you know, tell them to, to boom and all that. So it was pretty unique, pretty interesting, pretty different. Um I, I honestly thought it was a success. I don't know if they're going to do that moving forward as far as the uh, whole virtual draft, but I do think in a sense what they might want to consider is they might want to consider um, they might want to consider letting the coaches and the player personnel, GMs or who, whatever what what have you, uh, let them stay home. They don't have to be in a all be in a boardroom. Let them stay home and you know talk from there and deal with all that. I think that that might be something they might consider moving forward. I don't know, but I honestly thought overall that the NFL draft was a big success. Uh, there are a, there were sub few. Uh, excuse excuse me. There was a a few uh, surprises that threw me for for a little bit, uh, but. Just going over the, for from the first few picks, uh, Cincinnati Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, quarterback out of LSU. Not surprised by that pick. My Washington Redskins drafted the defensive end Chase Young from Ohio State. Not surprised by that. The Detroit Lions took Jeff Okuda from the university. From um, excuse me, let me rephrase that. The Ohio State University. I'm not uh, shocked by that either. Uh, the, I, I was a little bit shocked by the Andrew Thomas pick for the uh, for the Giants. Just the simple fact that he, he he has you know there's been a lot of people saying that he he's one of the better offensive linemen in the, in the dra- that wasn't in going into this draft. <clears throat> but he uh, he had a little bit. He needs a little bit work done. But hopefully he can. Uh, help clean up some of uh, 
Daniel Jones's issues that he had last year as far as the offensive line protecting Daniel Jones. Uh, to attack of Aloha, he went to the Miami Dolphins at five, and that, I'm not going to say it surprised me, uh, because Justin Herbert from Oregon, he went six. He went the very next pick to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I'm not going to say I was shocked by at, at five or six, even though I was a little bit thrown off just because there was reports and, and all that saying that Miami was – they valued Herbert a little bit more over Tua, and I don't know if that's just because of the recent injuries that Tua has uh, has occurred, that the injuries that have occurred to Tua over the last uh, few years. But I, uh, I, I do think that uh, – Tua in Miami is going to be a good fit. I think with head coach Brian Flores, you got a new offensive coordinator in uh, in Chad Gailey. I think I, I think that it has a recipe to succeed in Miami. I don't know. I don't see Miami necessarily competing uh, for the division title. I think if I had to rank that division, uh, how I see it, I, I would probably go Buffalo number one, New England two. Just because the mastermind of Bill Belichick, Miami three and the Jets four. Uh, the Jets they took an offensive tackle in Mackay Becton. Uh, I, I think that was a good pick to you know help protect Sam Donald because I and, and I made a joke about this the other the other night uh, because Sam Donald sees a lot of ghosts and <laughs> so uh, I, I think you know the draft uh, like I mentioned earlier uh, just a while while ago that I thought the draft was very successful. Uh, I, I think the head scratcher in the first round, uh, there was a few of them. The The first one being uh, Damian Arnett. He was a cornerback for Ohio State. I uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know what the what the Las Vegas Raiders were, were trying to accomplish there. I, I think a lot of people had this young man uh, rated as a maybe a mid-second, maybe a late third. I uh, didn't really hear much about this kid. I think, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Mike Mayock or or John Gruden, their 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 ability of uh, their their communication skills. But I don't know what they were. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. You know, they drafted, uh, I believe it was Henry Ruggs uh, with their first pick in the in the first round. Uh, but Damian Arnett, he, he was a little bit of a, a head scratcher. I think the next one is obviously the one that happened at 26. It was originally supposed to be Miami's uh, draft slot, but they traded it to the Green Bay Packers, who moved up from the 30th spot to 26 to draft, which most people saw him being possibly, if not a first-round pick. Uh, he was possibly going to be an early second. But I think a lot of people also saw him going to Indianapolis because obviously Phillip Rivers at his age, he's not the so hair apparent for the Colts and uh, and their 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 staff down there in Indianapolis. And that was Jordan Love out of Utah State, the quarterback out of Utah State, going to Green Bay. And, and this was another thing that I think kind of surprised me and probably a lot of the fans around the world was out of I I don't know if Green Bay ever did and I'm not saying that they did <clears throat> sorry I didn't I don't know if they uh if they signed any of the of uh, uh, any of the undrafted free agent wide receivers 
but Green Bay did not draft a single receiver from rounds one to seven. They didn't draft a single wide receiver. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers, even though they got to the NFC Championship game last year, it was just a really, really, just a really head-scratcher that you take a quarterback, and we all know Aaron Rodgers is not getting younger. He's getting up there in age. He's going to be 36, I think, this uh, this upcoming season. Uh, if not 36, I believe it's 37. But we all know that he doesn't have much playing left in him. He's probably got, I say, maybe four or five years left. Uh, so you need to start finding your hair parent to the Aaron Rodgers era. But I, I think a lot of fans were just, you know, okay, we, we know Aaron Rodgers. He, He's going to want to, you know, hopefully Green Bay can find a potential replacement. And I'm not taking anything away from Jordan Love. I don't really know much about him. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just think it was a little early for Green Bay to draft a quarterback, considering the fact that there's probably going to be some other big-name quarterbacks that are going to be coming out within the next few years. Uh, but for Green Bay not to take a wide receiver, and there was a bunch of them, a bunch of talented wide receivers. I think this was the the biggest. Uh, this was the biggest wide receiver class in a long time, and because there was a lot that got drafted throughout the the throughout the seven rounds. Whether they were uh, graded at that spot to be taken in that round or or have you, but there was a lot of receivers taken. Uh, C.D. Lamb got taken by Dallas in the first round. I think that's a good pick for for Dallas. You know, they got Amari Cooper lined up on one side, C.D. on the other side after they lost some pieces in the offseason. I think that was a good pick. Henry Ruggs goes to Las Vegas Raiders. Henry Ruggs is the fastest. Uh, he's the fastest guy on the uh, – uh, he's, he's the fastest out of the bunch. Then you have Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's another fast, quick guy, but he's also got some good hands. He went to uh, Denver. Denver also took uh, Penn State's KJ Hamler. I think that's uh, and and I think you know the the analyst had a good point about this was that Denver is trying to match up the speed that they have that Kansas City has. And and I and I don't think that was a I don't I don't think those were two bad picks. You, you surround yourself uh, with Drew Locke, hopefully potential franchise quarterback. You surround him with with some speedsters on on the outsides. Maybe you can have your X and Y receiver find that Z receiver, and um, and hopefully it goes from there. I I, I think it's going to be a very competitive off season. Whenever the off season does get going, just with you know the circumstances going on in the world. Uh, there, there's just a lot going on. Uh, players can, can, and cannot do. So it, it's very interesting to see what, uh, what it happens and how things shape out for all the rookies that got drafted. Uh, one of the other head scratchers, uh, from the draft was the selection by the Philadelphia Eagles to take Oklahoma or well, former Alabama turned Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts in the second round with their with their first pick in the second round. Uh, it, that was a a big head scratcher. I think uh, I saw a I saw a analyst from Bleach Report give that uh, give that grade a, a D. I think just because of 
you know, there was obviously other options to choose from. You could have chosen a wide receiver because Philadelphia was injured prone at the wide receiver position this past season, and they had a lot of no-name guys that were playing for them towards the end of the season. Uh, but I do think, and, and I, I was after I sit there and and I made a comment about it when I saw the pick happen, and I said, I I, I don't like that pick whatsoever. But also, people got to think too that Carson Wentz has been just a little bit of an injury prone uh, the last couple of seasons. Uh, some big, some big injuries to look out for uh, if you're Carson. But also, the, this opens up a lot of possibilities with uh, with Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. Just like uh, in the seventh round, Miami took uh, Malcolm Perry out of the United States Naval Academy who was labeled as a wide receiver, but he also but the majority played quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver. So he basically played three positions. And a lot of people know that the Naval Academy is like the Army Academy. You are only going to see them do nothing but run plays on almost every possession of every play. It, it is one of the it's one of the strangest things to watch seeing a seeing somebody run a triple option, being a triple option team, just not, do nothing but run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And I wrote an article about this uh, yesterday that got published, and uh, I hope you guys can check that out. It's on the fullpresscoverage.com uh, on the Miami uh, uh, Miami Dolphins uh, section of the AFC East. You can uh, also follow me on Twitter at C3Mailer. And uh, it's a good article. I, I basically said how Malcolm Perry, he broke the single season rushing yards by a quarterback uh, with 2,017 yards. He also rushed for a career 40 rushing touchdowns at the Naval Academy. I, I And I made the point that I, I could see maybe this happening with Jalen Hurts, that you use them in a situation like they do down in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Tansom Hill, how Tansom Hill at times has plays designed for him to run, whether it's in a wildcat formation or him being set up as a running back, him being set up as a wide receiver, him being used in the red zone. So I can see possibly Philadelphia using Jalen Hurts in those type of situations or Miami with Tua and, and Malcolm Perry. And I'm not going to say that Tua – is going to be a starter this year for Miami. The only way I can see possibly Tua coming onto the field is if he gets hurt, if Miami just starts having a really bad season like they did last year, or Fitzpatrick goes down with a uh, an injury. That's the only way I can see Tua coming onto the field in year one. I do think you know with that veteran leadership with Ryan Fitzpatrick, it might be a good thing to keep him off the field just to see what he can do. Now, with Joe Burrow, uh, I think that's a clear-cut day one starter for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, second-year head coach Zach Taylor, uh, just to see what Joe Burrow can do. And, and, you know, I made the point point, uh, days ago, you know, the the analysts, they, they build up these guys. You know, they build up Joe Burrow to Cincinnati. They build up Chase Young in Washington. They build up all these players. But people got to understand too, as good as of an as good of an athlete that these players were in college, it's not guaranteed that things are going to work out 
in the NFL for these players. You know, and, and I do I'm not saying anything bad is going to happen to these players, but you just got to have that realistic vision that it might not work out for them in the NFL. They might be one of those busts two, three, four years down the line, which I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, it's a possibility. Anything in life is a possibility. We all know that. Um, Justin Herbert, I don't see him being a uh, – I don't see him stepping out onto the field this year unless the same situation kind of like in Miami, unless the Chargers start having a really bad year and Tyrod Taylor just sinks. And and I've said this before about Tyrod Taylor on here on the podcast. Uh, he is a good uh, bridge-type bridge quarterback. And it's a shame because he's still young. He's still relatively young. So uh, I, I think, you know, obviously almost like every quarterback that gets drafted or is on an NFL team, their goal is to be a starter. I do think Tyrod has the potential to be a starter. I just don't think – I'm not going to say the, the fit's not there with the Chargers, but I think that Anthony Lynn could do something different that Tyrod hasn't experienced elsewhere that he has played. But with Justin Herbert, I don't see him coming onto the field this year. I think he's going to probably sit uh, probably about a year or two, maybe three. I don't know. Depends on how good the Chargers do with their their and the Rams' new uh, stadium. I also don't think that the Rams got themselves a good logo. Uh, that was something when I saw the the logo come out uh, from Bleach Report. They got a new logo design. Uh, I think uh, I want to say new um, a new color scheme on the uniforms. the The color schemes I could probably care less about. The logo though is just it just that that just eh. that's all I got to say. I don't I don't really have anything to say about that. The logo is just it's different, but it might fit with them getting that new football stadium. Uh. Jordan Love, I do not see Jordan Love stepping out onto the field probably for at least three or four years. Hopefully, Jordan Love can survive in Green Bay. Green Bay has taken some quarterbacks recently that did not survive on the team that long. I But just hopefully, Green Bay found themselves a heir apparent to the Aaron Rodgers heir whenever Aaron Rodgers decides to step away from the game of football. There's just been so many things happening uh, in sports, guys. Uh, the NBA announced yesterday, I believe, that they're going to start opening uh, practice facilities starting May 1st to teams that in the states, uh, for teams that in certain states that have eased back on the so on the stay-at-home order, which I can tell you guys that no one really is following. Uh, me, myself included, just because of my work schedule. But I do think that, uh, but I do think we are starting to head in just a little bit of a, a good direction as far as the sports. Uh, the NBA is starting to uh, let players, you know, resume practice. I think open up the practice facilities, like I just mentioned. Uh, Gronkowski going to the Bucks. I uh, I can't say I wasn't expecting that. Just because when Gronk retired, he I don't think he really wanted to retire. I think he he has felt comfortable. And and hell, even if I if I was an NFL tight end, if I grew like four or five, maybe six inches taller, 
than what I'm at right now. And I put on uh, some more weight, but it was more muscle than actually fat. Hell, I think I would be comfortable playing tight end in the NFL. And if I, hell, if I won three Super Bowl rings, I think I would retire. I think I would feel comfortable because obviously every player's dream in the NFL is to win a Super Bowl ring. But if I win three, even though Tom Brady has six, if I win three, I would feel comfortable. If I was Gronkowski, I would stay retired. You don't need the money. All the endorsements that you have signed on for when you played in the NFL, all the commercials that you appeared in, you signed a contract with the WWE, you don't need the money. But I'm not surprised that that happened because you want to go out and play with Brady again because Brady thinks he still has something to prove to the haters. He thinks he has something to prove to the NFL. And me personally, and this is just me, I don't know how all of you feel, I don't think Brady has anything to prove to anybody. A six-time Super Bowl champion, the quote-unquote greatest of all time in the history of the NFL, he has nothing to prove. And it's a shame because guys like Jameis Winston, who let's just let's just be quote unquote, let's just be real here. Jameis wasn't necessarily, I don't think he was in the right place at the right time in Tampa. Uh turnover machine, even though he's the first quarterback. And I might have said something about this before here on the on the podcast, but he is the first quarterback in NFL history to have 30 touchdowns and also 30 interceptions in one season. But I do think Jameis, uh, he does, he, and I just, this is, I, I meant to talk about this at the beginning of the broadcast. He just uh, reportedly today, I believe, signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. So maybe the Saints might be looking at Jameis as a potential Drew Brees hair apparent. I don't know. It depends on how Sean Payne looks at that. I don't know. But the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're one of the few teams that got a new uh, jersey scheme for 2020. That Their jerseys actually looked really nice. I was actually quite impressed with their jersey colors for the new season. Tampa Bay, I think, is going to be a team to watch out for in the uh, – they're going to be a team to watch out for in the uh, NFC South and in the NFC conference total I think obviously people are going to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as one of the odds on favor to win the Super Bowl just because you got Tom Brady so we'll see how that uh we'll see how that plays out for for the new season coming up uh I I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Cam Noon Cam Noon has yet to sign with a uh, team after Carolina surprisingly, well, I guess I could say surprisingly let him go uh, and signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal with new head coach Matt Rule, who signed a seven-year deal after leaving the University of Baylor. Uh, It's going to be interesting this year uh, for the NFL. I I don't know if the NFL is actually going to start on time. You know, they keep talking about, talking about, talking about planning to start on time. But with this coronavirus outbreak, I don't know if they're going to actually start on time. So we'll, we'll just have to monitor that and see what happens. Um, it just congratulations to all the NFL rookies out there that got drafted. 
whether you were in the first round from the number one pick or whether you were to Mr. Irrelevant from the University of Georgia, the linebacker, uh, congratulations to all the guys. Congratulations to all the undrafted free agents who are getting picked up by uh, an NFL team. And to the guys that might not find a home, just keep working hard and maybe one day you can find a home. And hopefully soon, sooner rather than later, we can all enjoy sports again. I'm really uh, amped up and just ready for some some good to come out uh, for sports. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in this evening to the Let's Talk Sports Radio. As always, I'm your host, Carl Mailer, and this is where we talk all things sports. <laughs>